Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! In the span of two days, two of the best players of the Big Sky Conference into the portal. Maybe it's not as bad as it seems initially, though. Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Yep, we're back today. And the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Wednesday. Plenty to get to. The news of the day. Seems like there's news every day in relation to the NCAA transfer portal. But Darian White, Montana State legendary point guard, one of the great players we've had a pleasure of covering in the Big Sky Conference, certainly one of the great players in MSU women's basketball history and one of the best players in the league over the last several years. She is on her way out. It's not surprising that she's done playing for the Bobcats. It's a little surprising that she's going to play another collegiate season, but maybe it's not. So we'll discuss that uh, right off the top. Major League Baseball opening day is on uh, Thursday, and I know our good friend Robert Chase, our buddy over at the trail, he is uh, very much looking forward to this. So I was texting him earlier today. I said, hey, buddy, because we're kind of ships of the night. He's on in the mornings. I'm on in the afternoon, so I only see him every once in a while, even though we work together. But I said, hey, opening day is right around the corner. Got a lot of baseball talk for you, and he's like, rock on, love it. So uh, we'll talk plenty of baseball Uh, Over the next couple days, Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, is back for our second of three days, previewing division by division. We'll talk about the AL and the NL East today. Then we'll do the Central Divisions tomorrow. Andrew Houghton, Jeff Safford, they also have plenty of baseball stuff uh, to get to as well. So Sean will join us about 4.30. Top of the hour, ESPN Roundtable actually just recorded it uh, because we were sort of uh, trying to find a time because he's a busy guy. Well, Patrick O'Connell will join us. He's a former All-American linebacker for the Grizz football team and now an aspiring NFL linebacker. He has spent the last three or so months down in Orlando, Florida, training with Coach Tom Shaw, one of the most well-regarded, highly regarded speed coaches. Um, Strength and conditioning and speed is his specialty. If If you're training with Tom Shaw, you have real NFL aspirations. That means you've got a great agent that's putting you through, uh, you know the, the the top level of preparation for the NFL draft and for you know NFL opportunities. Uh, so Patrick joins us at Grizz Pro Day next Tuesday. So uh, we caught up earlier today just about what the last three months has been like, and you know talked a little bit about the influence from the Grizz as well. But um, fun hearing from Patty. Uh, definitely been one of our go-to guys around here last couple seasons. Uh, always fun watching a guy rise through the ranks like he did. Uh, you know it's it's interesting because sometimes. When you're watching practice and stuff, 
you're watching young players, sometimes you don't know how how a guy's going to be or if he has the toughness to make it. And sometimes you can see pretty clearly that they're not going to be able to hack it. And then other times you can see pretty clearly, and this is the most rare of those three scenarios, but sometimes you can see, boom, right away, that guy's got it. And I'll never forget the first time I saw him practice, and I was like, oh, that guy's got it. We got we to gotta write a story about him. We got to do an interview with him. And uh, then all of a sudden, you know, he was the main edge guy uh, for the Grizz uh, for the last three seasons and really, really prolific as a pass rusher. But now he's going to make the latest transition to uh, trying to play stand-up inside linebacker in the NFL. So uh, we'll talk to Patrick O'Connell, former Grizz linebacker, uh, here in about an hour or so. And uh, we also have the Hall of Fame class for uh, the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame uh, released yesterday. So we'll talk a little NBA historically, a little bit about the Redeem Team documentary I just started watching last night. It's very good. And a little bit about the NBA in general. I watched the the Pelicans and the Warriors last night. And uh, it's just for (laughs) – I know I've been sounding like such a hater and I've been uh, talking about this NCAA tournament and loving the excitement and loving the drama and loving the result and the triumph and, you know, the agony and the ecstasy and all that stuff. The NBA is just so much better basketball, and if you tell me all the reasons you think that that's not true, you don't understand basketball, and that's just point blank period. It's just a different, uh, it's a totally different level. It's a totally different sport, Uh, but it was fun watching the games last night, and uh, I'm ready to keep my hoops fix rolling by talking more and more NBA around here as we get, at least hopefully, fingers crossed, into the nicer weather months uh, on the calendar. Snowat is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for uh, rolling with us here on your Wednesday. We also got wings coming up. How could I forget Wing It Wednesday? Presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Uh, I eat way too many wings at the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill this time of year. I had, I think I had a dozen wings three times in the span of about nine days because we were down there uh, for games one day, and then I picked my brother up some wings uh, to go watch games at his house. And so, of course, you know, I got a delivery fee. I got to eat a couple of them. And, uh, you know, then I went down there for lunch another time. So I've been getting plenty of Despo wings. They are still as good as ever, and uh, we'll have a, a basket of those wings for you for free. Uh, here in a little while, in about uh, 45 minutes, we'll give you an opportunity, as we always do every single Wednesday, to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. To win those wings and to get a hold of us at any time, phone calls, texts, they both work. Hit us on the Rangish Brothers RV phone line, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Uh, as I mentioned, all guests join us via the Rangers Players RV phone line. That's your way to win, but that's also your way uh, to engage. So if you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, you want to be a part of the conversation, keep those texts rolling in. We also will uh, dissect the brackets a little further. We've gotten some of your messages, and congratulations to those of you that uh, are still in the mix for our ESPN MT Bracket Challenge and our Second Chance Challenge. I checked my second chance for the first time today. Uh First of all, I'm in like the 33rd percentile for the main bracket. So uh, there's like five pages worth of entries. I'm on page four, so I'm not on the last page. That's good. But uh, I think I'm in last place in our second chance. I I didn't get any of them right. Not not one. I I didn't get any of the games from the Sweet 16 on correct, which is so funny because that's, you know, where you're just whipping it out. You got the bracket in front of you. That's totally different than when you're actually like placing bets based on numbers and spreads and totals. Uh, so it's funny because I've been doing pretty well betting the games at the, the machine, but not so much <laughs> in terms of picking my bracket. But we will get a hold of all of you. Uh, we've been getting your messages, uh, but it does help us. If you haven't already and you're in that you know that top 10, top 12 range on either of the two brackets, uh, courtesy of ESPN MT, text us 406-888-1029 and just say, Hey, uh, this is my username. This is what my name is. And then it'll attach it to a phone number because it's, it's hard for us to see. We can see your username, but if your username isn't attached to your actual name, like a lot of times it's just an auto-generated name, it's hard for us to track you down because you can't click on the person's name and find any contact information. So if you text us, then we have your name, then we can track you down easier and you can get your prizes way easier. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. I'm so excited for you guys to win. That's the thing. I go into this thing hoping to do well, just to have some semblance of, of you know, 
<laughs> pride as the ESPN radio guy, uh, but also, you know, just just for the art of competition, the 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 spirit of competition, I should say. But I, I go in also knowing that I can't win any of these prizes, so I'm so excited to see you guys all win all these prizes. I think we might even have to require video of you opening your memorabilia boxes because Zootown Sports Cards has provided some pretty sweet specialty boxes. The one that comes with the first prize, it's worth like $500. So you're going to get something so sweet in that box, and uh, maybe we'll have you take video of it so we can uh, help bolster it. But thanks to Zootown Sports Cards, thanks to Uptop Clothing, providing more than $500 worth of merchandise for us, and thanks to our presenting sponsor of our Bracket Challenge, Katie O'Keefe's. They've provided $500 in cash. Katie O'Keefe's one of the uh, friendliest and most welcoming casinos in town, and it's also a great place to watch sports as well. I watched the uh, Gonzaga-UConn game there on um, Saturday. It was very fun. Let's dive into the news of the day. It's our Montana State Minute presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. JNV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Uh, it's that time of year. It's about to be graduation season, and then it's about to be wedding season. If you're having a big gathering, a big family event, JNV Restaurant Supply has so much great stuff for your big gathering. Visit jvrestaurant.com or stop in to their great locations in Bozeman, Billings, or Great Falls. It's, it's an amazing analysis for me just how truly numb I am to all of this stuff now when it comes to transferring. Maybe that'll go, maybe it'll, it'll reduce, or maybe, I guess maybe it'll, it'll, the shock and awe factor maybe will come back a little bit when there's not just so much leniency to the transfer rules right now. The NCAA transfer portal is here to stay, and we, we discuss the nuances of it because I don't think it's black and white. It's not all crazy, evil, ruining college sports. That's not necessarily the case. There are some parts that I think uh, take away from what we hope and wish college sports is about, but I also think that there's other parts um, that are long overdue. And, uh, you know, there's a variety of reasons that players will transfer. Some are because they're selfish or because they don't have patience or they don't have toughness to stick it out or, you know, they have commitment issues or whatever. That's all the bad part. There's all sorts of other reasons that young people might transfer that are good. You know, Sophia Styles from the Lady Grizz transferring to Florida Gulf Coast, I mean, Objectively, that's great. She'd already earned her degree at Montana. She'd already been an all-big sky player for the Lady Grizz. And then she gets to go experience something new, <laughs> live next to the beach, and uh, play for an NCAA tournament team that wins an NCAA tournament game. I don't know how you could possibly hate on a young person for wanting to experience something new in their life, especially when they took care of business where they were at. Well, the, the news of the day here, it comes only a day after uh, Grizz all-big sky forward Josh Bannon declared that he was foregoing his final year of eligibility at Montana to go play professionally in Australia. Darian White, one of the great players in Montana State women's basketball history, will also play a fifth season. I guess will uh, instead play a fifth season. That's opposite of Bannon. Bannon's not even going to play his fourth season. White will, she will play a fifth season, and it won't be at Montana State. So uh, when I first saw this, I mean, that's why I say I'm numb to this. When I first saw this on Twitter... If you listen to this show, you know I am a a huge uh, advocate of Darian White. I think she's an outstanding player. I thought uh, I think that the, the the stuff she brings to the table, especially some of the intangible stuff, I like her competitiveness and uh, her heart and how hard she plays, and also just how smart she is on the basketball court. It's impressive. I mean, she is one of the highest IQ point guards that I've ever covered, men or women. And she seemed to always play her best in big games. And, you know, the numbers aside, she's certainly, eye test-wise, one of the great players that I've covered in my 17 years covering the Big Sky Conference. I mean, she she is probably on the Mount Rushmore for Montana State athletes that I've covered in terms of you know, all sports. And then you add in the numbers, the only player in Big Sky Conference history with more than 1,700 points and more than uh, 500 rebounds, more than 400 assists, more than 200 steals. The only player, man or woman, to ever do that. And, and that just accentuates how much of a standout she is. Yet, when I saw this news, it wasn't surprising to me. It's not that it's not surprising. 
I didn't have like that awe and shock factor that maybe you used to when stuff like this would drop. And I think there's a variety of reasons for that. Uh, first of all, Darren White celebrated senior night at Montana State. And uh, so that sort of, I thought, was symbolic of her moving on. I mean, Massa, Jackson, Cole, Bad Bear, Darren White were the three MSU seniors that, that celebrated senior night. Grace Beasley is also a senior, but she did not celebrate senior night. And she has since then entered the transfer portal herself. But I, I did. I, I think the intrigue lied in what Darian White was going to do uh, after her Montana State time was done. Uh, obviously, after senior night, they wanted to go on a run and repeat as Big Sky Tournament champions. That didn't happen. Uh, they lost in their first game to a red-hot Portland State team, and uh, so then the, that. But the other thing that made it so that it wasn't really that much of a surprise is uh, the emotion of that loss, and then also sort of the closure that came from the, the press conference. Darian White talked about, um, you know, that sort of being her final act at Montana State and, and what she thought about the program moving forward. But she t- spoke in terms of that she thought uh, you could tell it was the end. In her mind, it was the end for her as a Bobcat. So then the intrigue lied in what would be next for Darian White. Would she choose to u- use her fifth year of eligibility and play collegiately elsewhere? Or... Would she pursue other opportunities? She's certainly a pro. I mean, she could go overseas and make money for sure. I don't know enough about WNBA evaluations to, to know that or to, to proclaim where she fits into the hierarchy of the WNBA. She's certainly very small. She's five foot six. Um, she's, she's slender and slight. Um, but she also has, so, like I mentioned, intangible factors uh, that really set her apart. And so I, I don't know, but but I do know that she, I think basketball, playing basketball as long as she can, is certainly a desire of hers. So um, it's just interesting that she's going to play elsewhere uh, other than Montana State. Uh, Andrew, what did you think? What was your reaction to this uh, when this first hit the, the Twitter machine last night? I was a little bit surprised just because I... I hadn't heard anything one way or the other, and it's just sort of easiest to assume that she was going to come back uh, for her fifth year at Montana State because, Mm. you know, as far as chasing a pro career goes, I think she had a lot going for her at Montana State with Trisha Binford being there, being the head coach, somebody who has pro experience. Um, But, yeah, I I wasn't shocked. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see where she goes. I'm interested to see where she fits, uh, in what role she's going to fit at her next school. Because it's like, it's a shame to not have Darian White be an on-the-ball, all-the-time right. point guard running your offense. But I think that limits the caliber of schools that she can go to just because uh, the size, mostly. I, I don't think she can go to, to a really top-tier college team and play that role. I totally agree. Um but I also think that's the only role that she can play at any sort of an elite level because she's not a good shooter. That's right. So I, 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 she is such a smart um, and thoughtful young lady, so I, I can't imagine that she won't make a, a correct decision. Also, you can always tell, too, like sometimes people enter the transfer portal and there's vitriol uh, on the, in, in the Twitter sphere and, and on, online. Other times, it's just kind of a non-reaction. And then every once in a while, complete and utter support. And if you looked at Twitter last night, people from around the big sky were retweeting this and giving Darian White words of encouragement. Trisha Binford wrote uh, a pretty nice passage about her, how she couldn't be prouder of her, and how uh, she was so happy that she left everything on the court and that she certainly is one of the greatest Bobcats of all time. And all of those things are very, very true. So it seems like she's already been very thoughtful in this decision and uh, I imagine she'll be thoughtful in the decision of where she goes next as well but I totally agree she's got to find a right fit at the right level like if she was to go try to play uh, you know on ball ball in her hands point guard you know in the big 10 or something like that then she experiences two giant roadblocks maybe she doesn't get on the court at all and if she does then she gets 
bullied off of the court. But if she plays in a West Coast system, like if she could land it somewhere like Gonzaga, now all of a sudden we're rocking, right? Because th- then she could play ball in her hand and, and do what she's done at Montana State and just test herself against a higher level. Yeah, or does she go back to Boise State maybe? Does sure. that yeah, seem yeah. like too low of a level for her? Maybe oh, a little bit. They're a mediocre Mountain West team, but that yeah. would be her, her hometown team, of course. For sure. Well, and even, you know, I, I, let's say she does transfer to a Mountain West school and, the, and then she, you know, she's dominant or, or, you know, she's very productive. The the pro pundits might say, oh, that's not that big of a jump above the big sky and that's also not that big of a league. But it also proves that you can do it in a different system, in a different place by changing environments. All that sort of stuff. I mean, here's the thing. That's what I was mulling over last night is I totally understand the desire to want to test yourself at the highest level. If you have another year of college and you'd like to use that, um, no shame in that. You know, she's not like some sixth or seventh or eighth year player. This is just a fifth year. But then I was also just debating in my head, no matter where she lands, let's objectively say she's going to land at a, a level bigger than the big sky. Does that actually help her pro aspirations that much? I don't know. It depends on the system. It depends on what she does. I mean, her role at Montana State, I think the way to get pro attention when we're talking like WNBA level at Montana State is it it starts with the stats. It has to start with the stats, right? And they have to be attention-grabbing. And Darian White's stats for, I mean... Basically, the last three years at Montana State have remained basically even, and that's because the role that she plays in and the system that Trisha Binford plays, she likes to have a ton of depth. Of course, Darian White's focusing on being the floor general for that team, but somebody who averages you know 12 or 13 points with four or five assists a game at a school like Montana State, you're never going to grab that attention, no matter how good you are. Uh, if she can go to another system and then... That system unleashes her individual talents a little bit yeah. more. Maybe that is something that changes the calculus. I, I, the other thing I always point back to is, again, there's no way that there wasn't a lot of people involved in this decision, and there's no way she's getting any sort of bad advice. It's always worth remembering that like, Trisha Benford was a pro herself for a, a while. I mean, she, she played in the WNBA. She was drafted into the WNBA and then played professionally in Australia. And uh, I know she has a lot of connections in the WNBA world still. And so, you know, if the end goal is to play in the WNBA, I don't think that Darian White would be making this decision to try to transfer somewhere else unless she had been told that that was her best step towards trying to play in the WNBA. So uh, we best we wish her the best of luck. She's always been phenomenal uh, around here uh, with us. She's such a, a kind and, and sweet young lady and it's been a pleasure covering her and uh, we wish her the best of luck wherever that might lead. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. It's our Montana State Minute presented by J&V Restaurant Supply. Visit jvrestaurant.com J&V Restaurant Supply your home for everything kitchen. So here's where we're at with the co uh, defending Big Sky champion Montana State Bobcats now. Darian White into the transfer portal. Cola Badbear wrote a nice uh, letter on her social media earlier uh, you know, in the last week or so, basically confirming her uh, retirement that she's done with with basketball. So congratulations to her. What a great career she had, building senior product, uh, who was a former Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. And Madison Jackson also uh, is has exhausted her eligibility there at MSU. And then Grace Beasley, who's the fourth senior, uh, she is in the transfer portal. She actually entered the portal before Darian White did, so I don't know if that changes that situation or not. So here's where we're at in the Big Sky Conference. <laughs> the season's not even over yet. It's over for Big Sky teams, but there is still the, the women's Final Four as well. But here's where we're at with some of the top players in the league. Kalaja Dean, the MVP and the newcomer of the year this year from Sac State, she's graduated. Beyonce B., First-team all-league uh, forward for the University of Idaho. She's graduated. Darian White into the portal. Regan Skank, Northern Arizona. She's graduated. First-team all-league point guard there at NAU. Is Nell Nadabu from Sacramento State. She's into the portal. Cola Badbear, graduated. Kelly Bourne of Idaho State. She's gone. Montana Ultrogi of Northern Arizona, a second-team all-league selection. She's also gone. So, therefore, then, of the uh, first and second-team all-conference from this last year, the two returners, 
as of right now, are Carmen G. Feller of Montana and Esmeralda Morales of Portland State. Jamie Loretta of Eastern Washington, J.D. Martin of Eastern Washington, and Jacinta Buckley of Eastern Washington. They're all returning, and they were all all-league last year. Uh, Hannah Simital at Northern Colorado is back as well. And uh, then you know, some other notable names, including uh, Leah Beattie at Montana State, Laura Bello at Idaho State, are all-league players back. But mostly uh, the, the top players in the league uh, have moved on. So, you know... It could be a dawning of a new day uh, in the Big Sky Conference. The last couple years, the stories have revolved around some of these stalwart players. I mean, Regan Skank was a starter at Northern Arizona for most of her career. Darian White was the starter at point guard at Montana State since day one. And so there, there's going to be a lot of production to replace. Beyonce B was Idaho's go-to scorer since the moment she walked onto campus uh, on her way to freshman of the year and then multiple times all Big Sky. So, um it's interesting, the sort of the changing of the guard in the big sky. Yeah, well, one correction. Beyonce B has a fifth year. Oh, that's right. I guess and she I has this decision. And I believe they've announced that she's planning to come back. She could still enter the portal Sure, herself, sure, sure. But I think she's planning to take the fifth year. Wow, she's going to score a lot of points. Man. That's is, what I said. Is she I, already a 1,600-point scorer? Yeah, I said she legitimately might just lead the country in scoring next year. Because well, she was and close and this year. She was top five this year. She'll be in the mix to break the all-time scoring record in the, big, the big sky. sky yep. Yeah. Because, I mean, a player like her, she I mean, how many points did she score this year? She scored 20 points a game, so she definitely scored 650-plus points yep. in a 30-game. In a See, look that up and tell me how many points exactly she has and how many she had this last year because uh, she'll definitely – I think she's at 1,500, 1,600, somewhere around there, but she'll definitely uh, be in the mix to to take a run at Michaela Ferenz's all-time uh, scoring record. That would be interesting. Talk about, like – what an interesting deal because Beyonce B would break Michaela Ferenz's Big Sky scoring record and Idaho scoring record, but she would have done it in an extra year. So obviously as a program, you love to have those accolades, but then sort of a conflict, is it really equitable? Yeah, so she's at 1941 oh, already after this year. that all-time scoring record. She then. had 685 points okay, so this she scores, past year. If she scores on, another 700, then she's going to be at like 2,600 points, and she'll break that record by hundreds of points. She was at 22.8 points per game this year, and I think she's got some ceiling on top of that. For sure. So 700 points next year is not out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> oh, man. Unbelievable. Uh, last thing here, um, I guess I, in terms of what this news means of Darian White transferring to Montana State, I think that everybody within that organization was pretty well aware that it was going to be new beginnings. It was going to be a next chapter. It was going to be, you know, turn the page from this awesome era uh, because, you know, Jackson, Badbear, and White all came in together, and I think that... They all played as, as freshmen, and I think that there was an expectation that, th- that that's what the shelf life was, was just a four-year run, and they had a great four-year run. They won the Big Sky three times and uh, went to the NCAA tournament once, so it was an outstanding run. So Montana State was going to be sort of rebuilding its roster, regardless of this recent news of Darian White. On the flip side of that, though, the other big news of the week, Josh Bannon des- deciding he was going to go pro rather than play in his final year at Montana, that... I think does turn the Grizz on their head a little bit more. So, I mean, what do you think of that element of it, right? This isn't, in terms of what this means for Montana State, Darian White moving on, it's not that devastating because it was sort of expected, whereas maybe the bombshell of the week still remains Josh Bannon not coming back for his senior year at Montana. Yeah, I think that's right. I think certainly Trisha Binford is a, a smart coach. I mean, she knows what's going on. I think, like we've talked about, she was probably very involved. In For Darian sure. White making this decision because right. she's the person she has the experience. Um, she's very um, she's very smart herself. Uh, so I think probably they've they've had the chance to prepare for this a little bit more. They've known this was a possibility for a while, even if the final decision didn't even come until this week. We will uh, talk some more hoops a little later on, but we will uh, transition out, and we're going to get into more of some baseball. We did AL and NL West previews yesterday. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, joined me. Now we'll break down the East, the American League East, the National League East. Who do we see as some of the best storylines, some of the best teams, some of the best players, and what's Sean's nicknames for the divisions? 
That's next. MLB previews continues right after this. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. He's new on his now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Definitely one of my favorite songs I've learned from the boys across the hall recently. They're always playing the jams over there on Trail 103.3. It's the heavy, heavy here uh, on your Wednesday. If you ever change the dial from us here at ESPN Radio, you can you can go one notch up. 103.3, the trail, Montana's quality rock. You want us now, ESPN Radio, recording with our good buddy Sean Rainey, sports director, SWX Montana Television. And if you were tuning in yesterday, you heard our first set of division previews, breaking down the AL and the NL West. We'll go to the other side of the country now, and then we'll talk about the AL and the NL uh, East. The the champions of the East last year, the New York Yankees in the American League, the Atlanta Braves in the National League. So let's start with the American League, Sean. The uh, New York Yankees are the division champions after, uh, reigning division champs after going uh, 99-63 last year. Toronto and Tampa Bay each made the playoffs as well. And uh, even Baltimore, who had been a laughing stock, somehow found a way to surpass Zach Kaplan's Red Sox. Zach says the lock of the division is Red Sox are going to finish last again. Where are we at? What, I know you're naming these divisions. What are we calling the AL East? Yeah, first off, I know that there's kind of this East Coast, West Coast bias thing. I think the two East divisions uh, might be the two deepest and best in baseball. The AL East. We're going with the red, white, and blue and orange division. (laughs) So we got, obviously, uh, the red with the Red Sox. We got the blue with the Blue Jays, the white with the Yankees, and the orange with the Baltimore Orioles. And then it's kind of, you kind of always forget about those Tampa Bay Rays. For sure. They're just kind of the blah team that doesn't have the, the... Flashy names, the big signings. But they've been really good. And then they're always in it. And so that's why I kind of named them the red, white, and blue and orange division. And um, this division is going to be absolutely fascinating because the Yankees made some big signings, uh, signing, you know, Carlos Rodon, and then he gets hurt. Luis Severino, one of their other pitchers, is banged up as well. But then they have Anthony Volpe, who's like this big-time rookie that's making the roster and going to be exciting. The Blue Jays signed some guys and and made some trades and are looking good. The Rays are going to be solid. Uh, The Orioles are going to be a really fun uh, upstart team. And they got, you know, a catcher in Adley Rushman, who's probably going to be the best catcher in baseball in a couple years. Gunnar Henderson at third base, who's a young stud that is uh, one of the top guys for Rookie of the Year. Grayson Rodriguez is the best pitching prospect in baseball that he's going to be up in a month or so. Um, so they're fun. The Red Sox, yeah, I'm going to agree with Zach. I don't know if they're going to be very good. How they pull um, off so hard? Well, they uh, when you have Mookie Betts on your team, and you get rid of them uh, for nothing, and you yeah. have Tanner Bogarts on your team, and you just choose not to sign them, even though you're the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, um, that's one of the reasons why. And then you make you make bad deals for some starting pitchers that get hurt, and Chris Sale hasn't played at all, and so it's yeah. fascinating to watch because ever since they snapped their their you know hundred year curse or whatever, and then they won a bunch of World Series, they were big spenders just like the Yankees. 
they like became Yankees light, then they became yep. like Yankees heavy. Yep. So then why did they go away from that? It seems like a great model if you're winning the World Series. Yeah. Well, and I so they brought in um, like a GM who was from I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I, it was from the Rays organization. Okay. So they're trying to not the Epstein. So they're yeah they're trying to run it more similar to that model yeah. with some spending mixed in. I mean they did sign Masataka Yoshida, who was one of the he led the. WBC and RBIs, um, they're, they're going to be okay. They're not going to be like bad, bad. Um, they'll they'll be around 500, maybe a little bit under 500. Um, but I, I mean, I think um, from a who's going to win the division perspective, uh, the Yankees are obviously the betting favorite. Um, I, I think Toronto. Um, I, I think Toronto has maybe not the highest ceiling because if Rodon. And Severino and the Yankees starting pitchers can stay healthy. Their rotation's really, really good. Um, but Toronto's signing guys like a Chris Bassett, who's like not the best pitcher, but a guy who could just eat 180 innings with a 3-5 ERA. Like he's that's kind of what Toronto needed, and they have a really good lineup as well. So uh, I think Toronto's going to be really good. Um, but I, I think Tampa Bay is still a team that if if I'm looking on uh, betting for this division, and they're the third highest odds, and they're somewhere around you know plus four hundred to win the division. Um, I, I I would not be shocked at all if, if Tampa Bay wins the, the division. Who's the most exciting player in this division? Because there is a lot of star power, and most of it's on the New York Yankees. Yeah, well, obviously Aaron Judge. For sure. you, you can't like not say him. Uh, I mean, whenever you break the modern day or non steroid home run record, or however you want to call it, um, he's he's super exciting. Um, but I, like. If you're like a, just a good old like fan of, of baseball, I mean, I really like watching like some of the young guys, mm-hmm. you know, because they're they're new and exciting, and you're like seeing what they can do. So, like I already mentioned, like guys like Anthony Volpe, those Gunner Gunner Henderson, Adley Rushman, like those type of guys, and then Toronto's just, I mean, they have a fun team. I mean, Bo Bichette, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., um, those guys. Uh, Everybody's kids. Yeah, and they're just fun. They play with a like a fun style. They made a trade for Dalton Varsho. He's a he was a catcher from the Diamondbacks who now plays outfield, and he's uh, going to be their center fielder. That I think is going to really help their lineup. Um, they got a good bullpen, so this uh, this this division's got a, a lot of talent, a lot of good teams. Um, the Rays can really pitch, and they always have a really good bullpen. Um, so this is going to be a, a pretty fascinating division to see how it goes, especially from the start uh, with some teams banged up. Last year, New York looked like they were going to run away with this division. They looked like they were going to be with going both both the Dodgers to chase like the all time wins record. Then they didn't quite get there. What was that a product of? And uh, how hard is it being the front runner like the Yankees are, especially when it is? This would you say this is the deepest division in baseball? Um, it, it's the yeah. It, it probably it very likely could. Um, we'll get to the NL East it's a little bit later. The, NL East is up ones, there. I guess it's one of the only divisions that has. I, th- I would say that, three playoffs. Yeah, I would. I would say that they're the deepest because the their floor is higher. Yeah, right. Like the NL East, we'll get to it. Like with the Nationals, where there's awful. Right. Um, like the floor of Red Sox Orioles is yeah. a lot higher than a lot of other divisions. Yeah. So I would say yeah, it's probably the most uh, competitive in baseball. They they had some injuries, um, some starting pitcher injuries, and then they made some trades for like a Benintendi, and he kind of got banged up. And then I think you know you get so caught up in the uh, Aaron Judge record chase, yeah. and that's a lot going on there. And so they kind of scuffled down the stretch. Um, and like you said, though, when you're a team in New York and you're the Yankees, and you get out to such a hot start. What what is that going to do? Yeah, that's just going to put expectations and pressure. Yep. And as yep. you start getting down to the the nitty gritty of the important part of the season, and you're feeling all of that pressure and expectations that you already put on yourself because you got out to such a good start, that's when things kind of change. And it and as a baseball players, you really start to feel it. And they didn't really perform uh, as well under those uh, pressures. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, breaking down division by division. Major League Baseball opens up on Thursday. We'll have as much Major League Baseball action as we possibly can for you, both here on Nuanas Now and just uh, on ESPN Radio in general. We'll be able to pick up any and all the ESPN Radio games, so as long as they aren't conflicting with Missoula Paddleheads games, we'll have plenty of baseball on the radio uh, either way. The National League East, the Atlanta Braves, the defending champions, got the tiebreaker over the New York Mets. They each won 101 games, though, but then it was the Phillies, not the Mets, not the Braves, that raced through the playoffs and uh, went to the World Series the Marlins, the Nationals, far off the pace. 
Finished 32 and 46 games respectively out of first place. <laughs> Amazing you could even finish 46 games out of first place. But the Nationals did. Where are we at with this division? What's the, what's the nickname? Uh, I mean, this one's just your, your typical cliche. We're just going beasts of the East because the, the top three teams in this division are good. Like, yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Obviously, like you mentioned the Phillies, like, and they're your, you know, your third favorite to win the division. Uh, Bryce Harper is going to miss half the year. Uh, Reese Hoskins, their first baseman, just went down with a torn ACL. But they, I mean, they're the one that you know went to the World Series. Um, they got a really good uh, top of their rotation and their lineup. When Harper comes back, uh, they signed Trey Turner. Uh, so you're going, you know, you got Turner, Harper, Schwarber. Real Muto, one of the best hitting catchers in baseball. They have a really good uh, lineup, and they're starting pitching Nola and Wheeler, um, one of the best one-two uh, combinations at the start. And then they've really been known for having a terrible bullpen over the last few years, right. but they shored that up. They got Gregory Soto. They brought in Craig Kimbrell, which I don't even know that they needed to do um, because you got Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jose Alvarado. They got a bunch of dudes that throw 100-plus in the back end of their uh, bullpen. So Phil, the Phillies are going to be really good. But, man, obviously the Mets uh, have been spending a bunch of money. You yep. bring in Justin Verlander, uh, this American League Cy Young winner. You, you go with Max You Scherzer. pair him with Scherzer. So you got the two old guys, yeah. the, you know, the two old guys that have been around forever doing yeah. their thing. And then... And then you got the the kind of the unknown guy in Kodai Senga, who's got some nasty stuff, um, and and he's pretty interesting. And then uh, it was a, a shame, obviously Edwin Diaz, like the best closer in baseball, yeah. uh, goes down celebrating with uh, Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic, so he's out for the year. Um, but their bullpen's still pretty solid. And then obviously you got you know Lindor, Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, the batting champion in the National League last year, and they're going to spend money. Nimo Marte. I mean, they got guys. Um, they're they're going to be really good again. And Atlanta. You want to talk about a team that they just know such a well run organization. They they get all these young talented guys and then they lock them up to like these long years. It's an interesting thing in baseball. The Diamondbacks just did this with Corbin Carroll. Yeah. This is his rookie year. Right. And they signed him to like a 10-year, 180-something million dollar contract. See, that sounds so much more worth it to me than these guys to get the 350 million. See, it's a best year it's a, Yeah, it's that. an interesting, you know, art form to do it because yeah. as the player, you like it because they're buying out all of your, you know, rookie and arbitration years where you're not right. getting paid a lot. And you're like, "Oh man, I'm getting paid like 5 million this year and I get signed for 180, like sign me up." Yeah. But a lot of times then if you end up being really good, yeah, you're losing a lot of right, money, and, right. you know, on the table. And the Braves have been known to do this, and have been doing this with Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies. They just signed Michael Harris, Austin Riley, like all of their young guys. They bring in all of these super young, talented guys, and they sign, they've signed them and locked them all up to really good team friendly deals. And then they trade for a really good catcher in Sean Murphy. You have Matt Olson at first base, um, and they have a really good pitching staff. Uh, Max Freed, um, obviously really solid, but Spencer Strider, his nickname is Quadzilla. Uh, he's got <laughs> big old legs, wears tight pants, and had like 200 strikeouts in 130 innings last year. Like <laughs> nice. the guy's got nasty stuff. Um, their rotation's really good. Their bullpen's really good. Uh, the best in baseball um, by uh, all the analytical metrics that you look at. Um, so the Braves, um, I, I still think the Braves are the, the favorite to win the division. But I think the Phillies are very dangerous when it comes to playoffs. Like yeah. We saw it last year. They're, I mean, kind, of, they're kind of built for it. Yeah. They all just hit homers, and they get hot, and then they got good starting pitching. And then the Mets, with their owner Steve Cohen, who's willing to, to kind of do whatever, sure. are the ultimate wild card. So this division, those top three, it's going to be an absolute slugfest, and I, I can't wait to see how it plays out. The beasts from the east. Gotta love it. Shout Radio SWX Montana Television. He'll be back tomorrow to break down the Central for both the American and the National League. We will uh, continue our baseball talk tomorrow. How about a great place to watch baseball, though? Certainly the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Enjoy some wings. We'll give you some wings on the other side. Plus, we might actually finally get closer to finishing my book. Wing Wednesday, next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have 
branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Welcome back. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Hope you have a great Wednesday. We're about to make it better. We got a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. That's equal to a basket for those keeping track at home. We do this every single Wednesday. Despo has the best wings in the city of Missoula. They're located there on Russell Street right across from the YMCA. Great place to watch opening day baseball if you are so inclined. Also a great place to take in NCAA tournament action as well. And a great place to just hang out. Best wings in town, but they also have great beers and burgers and fries and all the other good fixings. Call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Car number three, we got a dozen wings to the Desperado for you. Wing it Wednesday, every Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. If you've been following along, and I know that millions of you around the world have every day, all day, every day, that's what you listen to. Uh, we have been going through this 100 Greatest Sports Heroes, uh, a compilation by Mac Davis. The best part about this book is it came out in 1954. So it's basically... Uh, Whatever the math is there, 70 years old. And it's a sort of a microcosmic analysis of legends fading. Like there's, there's the Chuck Klosterman theory that a legend fades after 50 years. And I think with the case of this book, it's certainly true. Some subjects in this book, like Ted Williams, who we recently read the chapter of, you still remember. Babe Ruth, a lot of the baseball guys you certainly still remember. Then there's others that maybe fade a little bit, but when you're reminded, you think, oh, yeah, that's cool. And there's others that you never had heard about uh, at all. And it's just an interesting analysis how legends uh, fade or sustain or uh, everything in between. Now, this is a 145-page book. We're on page 140, so we only have four athletes left. Uh, So I don't know how much time we have to, to get through all four, but... Um, today, Helen Wills, the girl who was one day to become Queens of the Nets and the outstanding competitor among women in tennis, began to play the game as a child because her only playmate, a boy, wanted to play tennis and nothing else. Helen Wills did not care for the game at first, but her father, who played moderately well, patiently taught his little daughter how to play, and he proved a good teacher. When on her 14th birthday, she managed to beat him for the first time, Dr. Wills presented her with a membership in the Berkeley Tennis Club as a reward. At the club, little Helen saw for the first time what real tennis looked like. She was able to meet on the courts with some really good players. Among the club players was the immortal champion, Bill Johnston, and it was it was his mighty forehand that inspired Helen Wills to lash out at the ball in imitation of the international star. So thrilled was she by the power of her own first-hand drive that she continued to practice power stroking until, at last, she became the hardest hitter among any woman. This goes on to say about Helen Wills, uh, she was the greatest tennis champion of her time. This is Her timeline here is in the, the teens and the 20s through the, the mid to late 1930s. She won seven U.S. Open titles, eight Wimbledon titles, and uh, she's widely considered the greatest tennis player, not only of her era, but of all time when this book came out. Uh, at the time of her retirement, she was considered the world's greatest champion and had won more world titles than any other woman in history. I don't know how they're measuring a quote-unquote world title, but that's what they say. So uh, interesting. I had never heard of Helen Wills before. It's amazing just uh, how much more widespread and and how much more accessible and just how much more popular things like women's tennis are than they probably were in 1939. Um Actually, I, I, we're going to save the. We're going to just go one at a time because I'm actually having anxiety about being done with this project because we've been doing it for more than a year, 
and this book is just so sweet, and I enjoy it every time. So uh, we got three athletes left, and uh, we will we'll come back to them. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts, though, on what we just heard from our good buddy Sean Rainey? Uh, we're going to have a big baseball blowout tomorrow, but uh, what would you think of his diagnosis of the, the American League and, and National League East? It seems like uh, both competitive divisions, but I, I agreed with him in terms of the winners. I think Yankees are still the front runners, and the Braves are still the front runners. even though uh, the Mets are coming in the, in the NL East. The Phillies were in the World Series last year, so competitive divisions, but I, I, uh, I thought his favorites were spot on. I agree. I mean, you look at what both teams did a year ago and the Braves even dealing with a lot of injury issues and that kind of World Series hangover, so to speak. You always, or you don't expect teams to have issues coming off World Series, yeah. but you always have problems sometimes or just that target on your back. The Braves still had a fabulous year, so For I sure. would expect the Braves to still be there. Acuna one more year further off that knee injury, maybe him really coming back to what he was before the knee injury in 2021. But still, you still have a lot of factors, a lot of kind of, un I guess you could say, unanswered questions in both divisions. Yeah. And the big one, and Sean Rainey kind of touched on this with the Yankees, is their starting rotation. Not so much in terms of what the physical talent is. I mean, me being a San Francisco Giants guy, I've watched them their whole life. I know how good that lefty they signed is, the former yeah. White Sox Rendon. I mean, he was awesome last year for the Giants, but he was also healthy all of last season, and part of the reason why the Giants were able to get him on that deal last year was because of his little bit of uneasiness around his health being a little bit of an issue, so to speak. And he proved last year that he could stay healthy, but will he continue to stay healthy? And Severino coming off an injury, and Garrett Cole has had injury issues at times. So will that rotation be able to hold up? And Will Aaron Judge be able to live up to a 60-home run season? I doubt it. You would imagine that his numbers would probably dip just a bit. So, And he touched on it also. Toronto, a great team in the East. So look for them to be good. And for whatever reason, nobody ever talks about the Rays. That's so funny. And they just keep on winning. And yeah. I would imagine with their starting rotation that they'll just keep on doing that. Jeff Safford chiming in here on Nuanas. Now we'll talk a little more baseball on the other side, but thanks to the Desperado. i got a great idea for you. Tomorrow, if you want to take in some opening day, go on down to the Despo, get yourself some wings, some French fries for lunch, and uh, hang out. Check out the action. They'll have games on all day tomorrow for baseball opening day, and uh, they'll have games on all the time. Thanks to Desperado. Proud supporter of Wing It Wednesday, giving you a dozen wings from the Despo each and every Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. We'll talk a little more baseball plus NBA Hall of Fame. But first, our ESPN Roundtable featuring a former Grizz All-American linebacker. Patrick O'Connell joins us to tell us all about preparing for his pro day and chasing his NFL dreams. That's our ESPN Roundtable next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 